I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. everyone, you are listening to Wine, Dine, and 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I am your host, Rachel Dalton. I hope everybody is doing well. Um, right off the bat, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who reached out um, via email, via Instagram, uh, after the last episode aired where I you know, spoke about my breakup that I am going through currently. Uh, it's tough to be so vulnerable, um, especially when, you know, the people who listen kind of know your story. In fact, we kind of I kind of talk about the story in today's episode a little bit. So that's a little awkward to hear in retrospect slash painful. Um, but thank you. It's been it's just been really heartwarming for me to have the positive messages come in you know the the positive quotes um yeah it sucks and it's it's tough but uh the support means the world to me and um you know on that note I guess last week was not last week the last episode was a really intense one because you know we talked about grief in all forms um and yeah I guess now's a good time to mention you know I, I did I was vulnerable yet again. It was a very vulnerable episode. I was vulnerable when speaking about my mother and uh, my mother's diagnoses. And uh, so I just want to do like a really quick shout out for my mom because she is an author and she has a memoir out about her experience being diagnosed and living with stage four lung cancer. It's called Winded, a memoir in four stages. Um, and this past year, her novel that she has been working on since before I was born was released, and that's called The Remnants of Summer. So check out, you know, my mom's stuff, uh, Dawn Newton. Shout out. Uh, she's really an incredible writer and an incredible person. And yes, I am biased, but it doesn't make it any less true. Uh, so really quickly, today's episode's a little bit longer than usual. And you'll see why. It's just we had so much fun talking. So uh, it just went on for a little bit longer than than my normal ones. But I wanted to really quickly uh, touch on an article that I found on HuffPost um, that led me to discovering a really cool resource. So this, I'll link it in the episode notes as usual. Uh, this is an article called, I intervened when I saw a guy abusing a woman, then I learned how wrong I was. And I'm just going to go ahead and say a little content warning, you know, right now, uh, we're about to cover uh, domestic abuse, not going to go into any detail. And we're going to talk about some resources, but just sensitive listeners, be aware. Next few minutes, we're going to be touching on that. Um, yeah, so this article is about this woman's experience being at a playground in New York City and observing something and not you know being sure whether to get involved 
to call the police. Uh, what what do you do when you observe something like that? And uh, it's a it's a great not not a great story, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's an informative story because the writer and I want to make sure that I'm giving them credit. The writer is Emily McCombs. Um, she talks at the end about this resource called Hollaback, which is an organization that works to eliminate harassment of all kinds by training people how to intervene in the appropriate and safe ways when somebody is being harassed. And they cover on, or they touch on the the four Ds, or the five Ds rather, sorry. So you can intervene directly, which isn't always the best idea. You can delegate, you can distract, you can document, and you can delay. So different ideas for if you are going to intervene directly that, you know, this kind of what this woman did in in this article where she goes in and says something, Um, delegate, asking somebody else for help, uh, especially if there is some sort of like person who's in charge or an authority figure um, or to another bystander who, you know, numbers are helpful in these situations. Uh, and then distract, you know, just kind of trying to, the example that they give in the article is to make a loud noise or to spill something or to, you know, start a conversation by asking for directions just to kind of get them off balance a little bit. Um, document, and you know, this is happening a lot in um, the news these days. You know, there are people documenting everything because sometimes like, when there's a court case, you're going to need evidence. And uh, it's also a way to ensure that people are safe, as horrible as that sounds. Um, there are body cams and, you know, a lot of the Uber drivers that I've had recently have had dash cams too. Uh, it's it's protection. Um, yeah. And then finally, delay. This is after the fact. You can approach the person who is being harassed and, you know, uh, let them know that you observed what happened and that you uh, are willing to help them in any way, asking them if they're okay, what they need, etc. So yeah, this led me to to the website called Hollaback, um, which again, I will link in the episode notes. You can donate to them there. You can uh, get training. There's a free guide. Um, yeah, it, it provides a lot of different tools because I mean this happens all the time right like we don't want to acknowledge it but it does happen all the time and uh, it's good to be prepared because I've definitely been in those situations where I've seen something and I didn't know what to do so and it's tough to know what to do in the moment so this kind of prepares you because it it happens unfortunately Uh, all right I think that's what I have my conversation today I'm super excited to share uh, is with Lori, the author of the book Dating What the Fuck. It is not a self-help book. It is kind of just her experiences dating and an opportunity for people to relate, be pissed off. Uh, she's a wonderful guest. Uh, we had so much fun, lots of laughter, and she has some crazy stories. So you're going to get to hear all of that coming up next. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I got. I'm going to quit cut to a quick commercial break and then please enjoy my conversation with Lori, author of Dating What the Fuck. 
Do you find yourself struggling between the choices of playing the latest video games you got for Christmas or debating Aunt Fanny about religion over Christmas dinner? Do you find yourself trying to work video games into your school papers, Sunday sermon, or next book proposal? Do you wish you had more people to argue with about the hidden philosophical meaning of your favorite RPG? Well then, nerds, we are the podcast for you. No Avatars Allowed is a podcast about video games, theology, and all things cultural and intellectual. Oh, and we talk about sex a lot, too. Our hosts, Rachel Dalton, Ben Wallace, and Joshua Wise, figure out each week how on earth to cram video games into some kind of bigger discussion. And mostly, we make it work. Check us out every Saturday morning on allportsopen.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So grab your controller, that unused copy of Thomas Aquinas that's sitting on your shelf, maybe a negligee, and come join us for what is certain to be an interesting and strange conversation on No Avatars Allowed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am super excited for my discussion today. I am here with Lori, author of Dating What the Fuck. How are you today? I am very good. How are you? I'm good. I am very good. And um, I was just saying before you know, we hit record that I'm really excited to delve into dating because I think it's such an interesting topic, especially now you know, in the pandemic when people are starting to get back out there again. Right. Oh, yes, definitely. So uh, do you want to kind of start by just telling me a little bit about you and, um, you know, how you came to write this book? So I'm originally from Massachusetts, but I currently live in southwest Florida on the Gulf. I am 49, never married. Um, I have a dog and a cat as my children. (laughs) And that's the way that it's going to stay. I have a BA in dance and a minor in theater, and I've owned a couple dance businesses, also been in a ton of other jobs like sales and fundraising and college recruiting, been a server on and off for 30 years. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none in some areas. (laughs) Um, I spent three years in my RV, living in it full-time by myself with my dog and cats, traveling around the U.S. and working full-time at different campgrounds, resorts, and restaurants. Oh, wow. Yeah. So one winter I spent working here in Southwest Florida, my very first winter, and I worked seasonal jobs. So I stayed somewhere for four to six months and I fell in love with the area. So when I decided to come off the road um, back, when was it? Like July of 2019, I decided to come to Southwest Florida. So I sold my RV and now I live in an apartment here. Nice. Yeah, how's Florida? I imagine it's really hot right now. <laughs> it is. It is hot. I mean, the winters are amazing. The only, not the only, but Florida is so great. I would never live in the middle of Florida. Like, I would never live here unless mm-hmm. I was near the oh, the uh, Gulf. But the beaches, the dolphins, the palm trees, the water is, like, warm pretty much all year round. We have manatee. It's such a cool area. Really pretty area. You can boat year round, kayak year round. Very different than, you know, growing up in New England where you can right, right. go in the Atlantic maybe one month out of the entire year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know how that goes. Uh, right. That's so funny. It's it's funny how, um, you know, I, I have a theater background too. And I think it's so funny that a lot of theater people end up, you know, authoring, podcasting, coaching. It's mm-hmm. It's really fascinating to see where we kind of all end up, but it's still, we just, the, the desk job just doesn't do it for us, no, I guess. Huh? <laughs> it doesn't. And I have one right now working full time while I'm trying to work on my book and 
my t-shirt line and a greeting card line and I'm doing events again. And someday I just hope to, you know, be away from the desk and back to doing my own stuff and being my own boss. But right now I got to pay the bills. Absolutely. Know how that goes. Know it all too well. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, so your book is called Dating What the Fuck, which is an excellent title. Um, Thank you. I love it. Uh, how did you just kind of come to write it? You know, you, I assume you do a lot of dating and that's kind of where the impetus comes from is you have like some stories and just kind of tell me a little bit about where that idea sprung from. So I'm very like verbal and open, like with my dating stories, with my family and friends. And, you know, I've had some significant relationships, but I've been dating on and off since I was 21 and now I'm 49. So Anytime I would tell a story, you know, with my kind of energetic, enthusiastic personality, everyone's like, you are so funny. You have got to write (laughs) crazy stories down, write a book, write a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like 10 years, write a book, write a book. So when COVID hit, I lost my job and I'm like, well, now's the time. And I was in the midst of the dating shit show. So I'm like, well, might as well start writing it now. And the title, those four, wor- those four words came to me in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Like the title came to me right away because that's basically my thoughts on dating. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, why is this just so ridiculously awful and hard and disappointing and frustrating and confusing? So, and I love the title. Um, easy, straight to the point. Yeah. Sends People the know message. what they're getting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I would love to, you know, think that dating might get easier the older that you get, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that is not the case. It is not the case. Ugh, so frustrating. It yeah, is frustrating. I mean, it's, it's, you just, I don't know. Uh, you would hope that as we get older, we mature a little bit. And I, I, you know, I know I'm 31 and, you know, people my age are thinking like, oh, you know, we want to date a guy who's in his late thirties or early forties because they'll be a little bit more ready to settle down. And it's like, well, maybe not. (laughs) Mm -mm, I'm sorry. Like I say in my book, it's not a self-help book in no way, shape or form is it a (laughs) self-help book. So don't come looking to me for help. Because there's so many self-help books out there and relationship coaches, and it's all just a bunch of BS. Nobody really knows, like, the exact solution. And I'm 49. I'm dating someone who's 58. I've been dating people for a long time, and I don't care how old or young you are. It's the same stuff. That is the same shit, different guy, different woman. I know guys have issues different. I mean, I dated when I was in my RV traveling around the U.S. It's the same in every state. Wow. You know, it's not, I'm depressing. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you, I guess that's a good question. How do you remain hopeful through, throughout it all? How do you, you know, maintain a sense of, excitedness and try, kind of try to push away that the negativity that inevitably comes with it because yeah it, it can be very depressing well it's definitely very hard um a lot of people say it's a numbers game i think just being true to yourself asking for what you want you know some people like don't say too much too early you know don't scare people away i think that's a lot of crap 
you know, <laughs> be self-aware of who you are and what you want. A lot of people who are dating who are not self-aware. There's a lot of people who are dating who really aren't ready to date, who shouldn't be dating. Maybe it has an issue with an ex or their kids or finances or their job or, you know, they're not, quote, relationship ready. Sure. They think they are, but then people are getting hurt. And it is a numbers game, I guess. Staying positive, which I'm not going to lie, it's very, very, very hard to stay positive in the world of internet dating, unless you're lucky enough. I mean, I've heard of some people who do the trial weekend on a site and they meet their wife or husband, which obviously has never happened to me. But um, I don't that's know. What it's, it's, <laughs> that's what happened to you? Yeah. My partner was my first online date. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. I had gotten out of like a long-term relationship and um, I was like, fine, I'm going to go on the dating apps. And I went on and um, was very much enjoying all the attention after being in a long-term relationship for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, the first guy who asked me out, we had a whirlwind first date and uh, he's been my partner now for almost four years. Oh my gosh. So you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah, yeah, You're an I mean, anomaly. definitely. <laughs> you are an anomaly because that definitely. doesn't happen. And a lot of people are on and off the site like me for years. You know, you find someone, you date them, or you're on it and you get so disappointed and frustrated, you want to take a break and then you go back on it and then you go off it and then mm -hmm. you go back on it and then you go off it. And it's just it's so hard to meet people organically. Yeah. You know, back in the day, maybe you met in high school or college or at work, but everyone's internet dating. Everyone's on multiple sites, you know, meeting or talking to multiple people per site. It's like a catalog. It's like an Amazon order. It's like so many options. I think it's overwhelming and a little bit too tempting for people. So they you kind of follow the idea of like internet dating has hurt rather than helped. I mean, I know it's helped some people. I mean, I know people sure. who are married with kids that met on match. Um, I don't think it's the best way to go, but it's almost the only way to go today. It's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the only way to go. I mean, out of all my significant relationships, other than my very first relationship or my first two when I was like 21 and 22 or whatever, I've met them all online. Yeah. And everyone says, oh, you don't want to go on the sites you don't have to pay for because people aren't serious on there, only pay. And that's a bunch of bullshit, too. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. There's serious people and shitty people everywhere. Yeah. And I'm kidding. They'll pay or they'll tell you what they think they want to hear. And the problem is I was doing research for my book and 60% um, of profiles that are online are of people who are already in a relationship. What? So. Yes, that was from datingadvice.com, and one in 10 profiles are fake. There's some really disappointing and disheartening statistics out there about online dating. Um, and a lot of people lie. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems. Their pictures aren't real. They're not the age they say, their marital status, the kids, their job. A lot of people lie. I mean, how can you yeah. not? You can lie. You, you're, you're hiding behind a computer. You know, you're not meeting face to face before, you know, at first, a lot of people meet the first time online. So you're just looking at a profile. It could be full of lies. And a lot of people do lie on their profile. 
I mean, that's one of the common things people complain about. Or, you know, you meet somebody great, have a couple great dates, then you never hear from them again. Like you get ghosted. And it's like, well, what the hell? Like, well, why, why do people ghost? Like, I've never really understood that. Isn't it easy and like just the kinder thing to say, hey, you know, yeah, like really just like not feeling it anymore. Oh, it totally would be. But excuse my mouth, but it's the pussy way out. Yeah. No, it totally is. And, People uh, don't adult today. The problem is it's so easy not to because you can do it over email. You can do it over text. You know, back in the day, you would have to call somebody on a phone or break up when you're on a date or like be an adult, like court yeah. them. I miss those days. You know, you'd get a phone call. Hey, you want to go out? It was like the week before. Now it's so casual. People are like, yeah, maybe I'll you know, hit you up, text you on Friday. Maybe we can go out Friday night. It's yeah. like, what the hell? That's a big no-no for me. But, I mean, I'm dating somebody now. We've been dating almost a year. But okay. the cool thing about that is, and when you do know it's good and it's going to work, is there's none of that bullshit in the beginning. Right. None of it. No games. None of that. They call when they say they're going to call. They ask you out. They are who they say they are. But, I mean, I don't know where he and I are going to go. He's got some... Stuff that, you know, two high school kids at home with, that's another whole story. So that affects our future significantly Um, because I would never live with him when he still has them. Right, right. um, But, you know, I don't know why people ghost because it's like, it's like the, it is, it's the pussy way out because it's so accessible and easy to be like that. Like, it's so sad. No, it's very sad. I think dating has gone in the total wrong direction today. It's just I wanted to be born back in the day with like saddle shoes, poodle skirts, soda pop, soda pop stores and courting. And that's what, you know, is, is gone. People are just yeah. meeting so many people. And half the time I remember <laughs> was talking to a guy on the phone and obviously he was talking to a lot of people and we had emailed a bunch. So then we were on the phone and he's asking me like the exact same questions I already answered. And I literally Mm -hmm. said to him, I said, dude, if you're going to do this, you need to create an Excel document. So you remember who you're talking to and what we've already talked about. I I, I like say anything now, like I'm 49. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, I, you got nothing to lose. No matter who you are, what age you are, if you know you want a relationship and you're not going to put up with shit, on the first date, say it. This is what I'm looking for. Ask the hard questions. If a man or a woman is scared by those hard questions, then they're not the person. They're not your person. Do. Exactly. No. Got to get and somebody totally, with a set of balls or boobs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. No, I totally like felt that way and uh, was that person who was like, you know, oh, I, I kind of don't want to reveal too much too soon. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know, like I in some ways, I, I don't regret that mindset because it was kind of a protective mechanism for me to right. not get too invested too soon. But um, I also, you know, went into all my dating things being like, you know what, like, fuck it, like this person's my person or they're not. And so exactly. I'm just going to be my weird self from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if it sticks, it sticks. But like what, I mean, what can people, I guess I'm like wondering, you know, you said don't come for advice, but like what can people do to like 
keep going and remain strong and push through those you know, I mean, what did you do, you know, when, in those moments of, of darkness? I mean, I obviously I just kept going. I mean, yeah. I, but I feel like, you know, I'm from Boston. I'm very straightforward, like no bullshit. And like I say, that's why it, the book is titled what it's titled. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? I call it a Seinfeld episode on repeat. I call it a <laughs> roller coaster ride that has barf bags in the seat in front of you and you know you should get off, but you just don't get off. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I feel bad. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, you'll feel great. It's easy. Enjoy it. You'll meet so many people. Like, I can't say that. And it's like a downer, but I, I'm more about the reality of the situation. So it's more stay true to yourself. Ask the hard questions. In the book, I talk about a lot of red flags. Listen to your gut. You know, mm-hmm. if you spot a red flag at the beginning, get out. Because there's other, plenty of other people. Everyone's dating oh, yeah. plenty of people, you know. And then if you need a break, because there's been times where it's just made me miserable and bitchy and my self-esteem was shot. Take that break. But you know how people say, oh, you know, go do other things, have a hobby, and da-da-da, you'll feel better. That's a bunch of bullshit. Because <laughs> it is. Because people who want a relationship want love. They're lonely. I don't care what you do or how many girlfriends or guy friends you hang out with or if you're going to go play softball or hang, you know, whatever. It's it's still going to bother you. Absolutely. I mean, my life has been full and I'm still lonely. It doesn't matter how many activities I do. I was still lonely and sad and frustrated. And that's just the reality of the situation. And now as I'm talking to you, this is so depressing. (laughs) No, no, that's the thing, though, is that I think, you know, there are all these coaches out there who, you know, say this is how you can do the personal work to draw somebody in or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. There's a lot of things. And, you know, there, there's its place for that. I, I don't yes. disagree that to be ready for a relationship, there's a lot of personal work that has to go into exactly. yourself, right? I don't disagree with that. But that being said, I love that you are just like, what you are doing is creating a space for people who are fucking fed up to like, be mad and be upset. And I love that. Like, there's not really a place for that. We need that. Right. So, um, well, I guess, like, tell me some of what are some of your favorite funny slash disastrous dating stories that you've had? So, let's see. Like, I've had a bunch. Um, I like to tell this story. It's called being a poop chauffeur. So, um, or a shit chauffeur. So, um, I remember, so at one point I lived in the city, Cambridge, which is a big city next to the city Mm -hmm. of Boston. And, um, I had a car. A lot of people who live in the city do not have cars. So I remember dating this, meeting this guy, like, you know, online and we met at like a Dave and Buster's or something and it, it went fine. So I invited him to my apartment to cook him dinner. So to make a long story short, I think this was our second date. He didn't have a car. So I had to throw that in so it makes sense for the story. Sure. But um, he had to take a dump. Now, he was one of those people who did not feel comfortable taking a dump in somebody else's apartment, whatever. Sure. So he had to tell me that because he needed me to drive him to a public restroom somewhere in the city where he could go poop. 
So I literally had to be his poop chauffeur and <laughs> take him to a public restroom. And I believe the first place we went was not of satisfaction. I don't know. Oh, I my it was gosh. Like a Dunkin Donuts. So then I had to take him to a second place. So, and I've, you know, I've been on podcasts and I have met some people like, nope, I would totally hold hold it. There's no way I would poop at somebody else's house. I only poop in my own house. And some people like, I would poop anywhere. Like me, if I got to go, I got to go. Like, yeah, it can be I, embarrassing, but it's part sure. of being a human. Well, also, so. like, I guess for me, I would much rather go in another person's apartment than in a public restroom. Right. <laughs> Like, and if you guys have had this discussion at length about his need to go, like, the mystery's over. The romance right. is gone. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, you might right. as well, like, you just, like, turn up the music in the other room and let him do his business. His duty. Just so, yeah. yeah. Like, I just want, like, if you spent so much time discussing it and trying to decide on a place that was suitable. Right. Him, like, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. I will never forget it. And then I dated some guy. Like, we dated for, I don't know, a year. And we were at a beach, which was 45 minutes from home. And he had to go so bad. Now, he wouldn't go anywhere but his own home. So he was the most miserable asshole when I was trying to drive home at 800 miles an hour for 45 minutes so he could shit on his own toilet. <laughs> it was like, I call, that, that's in the book. It's like the poop chauffeur. There, you like a chapter for just it could be a whole chapter, but, it wasn't. <laughs> but I will never forget either of those stories. Wow! And um, yeah, I I don't even know. Like when I was writing this book and going over all my stories, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Like I, it was so hard to like relive them all, and I it's there's so many, yeah, so many that I didn't even put in there. And I was like, oh, my God, all these stories, never in a million years that I think I would be, well, I met my, no, yeah, 48 when I met my boyfriend, 48, never married, no kids. Mm -hmm. Never. That wasn't really on my radar. Like, I never thought that would happen. But in some ways, it's great because I probably would have never been able to write my book or live in my RV or, and in some ways, you know, it does kind of make me sad, but. I do know I never want a teenager as a child, so it's probably good I didn't have a kid because uh, <laughs> they do have to become teenagers. They do. Um, I'm the same way. I'm like, I like the babies. I like the toddlers. When they turn about like 10 or 11, I, oh, yeah. I don't care anymore. <laughs> no, it's bad news, especially today. Kids are raised a lot different than when I was Ugh. a kid, so they're pretty much obnoxious. So Yay. Um, yeah. So um, now, oh, my God, I just went off on a tangent. And no. I can't remember what the question was. No, no, no. I was just asking you in general about um, the dating stories and you were just kind of telling oh, me like the poop show first how story. disheartening like it yeah. could be and how reliving it, you know, was difficult. And I mean, dating can be very embarrassing. But you know what? I've never been, and I can truly say this, a girl, and you hear it, or maybe even guys who are especially a girl, you like you go out on a first date with a guy and you order a salad. I'll order a burger, fries, and beer. Like, yeah. I'm an eater. You're, you yep. know? Or, like, I've never changed my personality or like something he likes that I don't like. Or I'm oh, I've always just been myself. And I've even had a guy who said, your personality is way too overwhelming for me. And I'm like, okay, we'll move then on. Then I'm not for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
another guy who said to me, you're not domestic enough for me. I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. I just, it's like, it, that's in the book, too, actually. But it's like, well, dude, I'm not a 1950s housewife that's going to cook and clean while you're at work and have your food ready for you every night. That's not what I'm looking for. So I have never been that girl who's always, like, dreamt of, oh, this is what my wedding's going to be like and my dress and the husband, the house, the kids, the dog, you know, the white picket fence. That's really never been something that I know a lot of women or young girls say they've always been thinking about. So that's never really been my thing. And like the older I got, you know, I was like, all right, well, now I'm too old to have kids and marriage. I don't even know. I mean, it wasn't always something that was on my bucket list. Um, And now here I am. Yeah, no, I think that you just probably have such a good sense of self and it just seems like you really, I don't know, know like who you are and what you want. And that probably helped, you know, when you were dating too, that it, you just, it was that no bullshit mentality. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I definitely think so. But yeah, I think, uh, Dating, I don't know. It takes practice and it's difficult. God, is it difficult. Um, But how did you meet your current partner? Was that online? I did. I met him on the site that's supposed to be the hookup site called Plenty of Fit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. See, there. That's the free site. Yeah. That's the free site. Yep. I just, I, after a while, I mean, I've paid for eHarmony. I've paid for Matt. Um. I mean, I'm like, I'm never paying again. So, yeah, I was like done. I'm like, I'm not paying. Yeah, I am not paying. So and I met I think I met the guy that I dated and lived with before I left in my RV. I met on plenty of fishes. So. OK, OK. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, what your like kind of relationship history was like. Yeah, my longest one was three. Years. OK, I never had like a six, 10 year. I mean, if I dated somebody that long, I would want to be engaged. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, six years, 10 years, I don't know. But then again, what do I know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? I I can't say what, what would have been. Um, so. Yeah, who's to say? You can't look back and say what it should have, could have. I mean, I can say, honestly, there is no ex that I miss or was like, wow, he is the one that got away. I don't feel like that about any of them. Yeah. I mean, that's which I good. guess is a good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I, I that means yeah. you're doing it right. I mean, if you're staying true to yourself and you know, you know what you want and you can look back and say, oh, I'm glad none of that worked out. Then I think that's great. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I've made plenty of mistakes. We all have our own issues and baggage. But like, I'm an anomaly. I'm 49. I'm pretty independent. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an author. I've owned businesses. I've traveled the U.S. by myself. Like, I don't have any kids, no ex-husband, haven't declared bankruptcy. Like, I don't really have any baggage. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I always consider baggage two different types of baggage. There's the carry-on baggage, and then there's the check-in. You have to weigh it to see if it's overweight and pay the extra. Oh, that's a good of way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I just have the, you know carry-on baggage yeah and what, a lot of people my age have like multiple check-in suitcase bags yeah, definitely well how do you uh so. like 
differentiate what what the line is between those two like i imagine like kids and you know financial yeah. bankruptcy are the bigger ones but where where do some other things fall i mean the kid thing i don't care about your past like bankruptcy and divorce like everybody goes through a lot especially people who've gone through divorces i know some of them are really bad and- sure but like, for example, my current boyfriend, you know, there it's been touch and go many times because his ex is just like a horrible mom. The kids don't like her. He has four biological boys and one that he helped raise. Mm. When he got married to the second wife and his 16 and 17 year olds still live with him part time and they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> like they've got issues that he it's his fault, though. He's not a good disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And his ex and his boys have significantly affected our relationship. Yeah. And it's hard because I don't like when things affect my life that I have no control or say. Right. Yeah. You've been independent for so so long. Yeah. And I was in this kind of situation before with the guy that I live with before I RV'd. I mean, his ex was manipulative and his kids were manipulative and spoiled but it really wasn't to the extreme it is now. And I said, I would never get into this type of situation again. And here Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. Well, but there, yeah. If you're happy, I mean, in the moments where I have my moments, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so many great things about him that I haven't found in another guy. And that's what keeps me hanging on. But I have my doubts, you know, I, I, we have had so many discussions and it's just sometimes like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. But um, there's so many wonderful things about him that I have never found in somebody else. And that's the only thing. Like if he didn't have the ex and the kids, we get along great. Yeah. We don't fight about anything. Yeah. That's all we fight about is just them. That's it. We don't fight about anything else. We started a greeting card line together. He does the dating relationship and sex trivia events with me. The singles mingles with me. We work phenomenally together. We have the same interests, same personalities. He's from New York, so he gets my you know kind of in your face personality. <laughs> um but we definitely have issues and i don't know if the struggles we have are going to be able to be resolved or not yeah so. but i think there's something really beautiful about living in the moment i mean you know aside from the relationship that you're in right now like have you had anything in the past that i don't know like something that you knew there might be an expiration date but you were willing to continue even though you knew that just because of what you were learning definitely i've been in a couple of those and you know you know you're like this isn't this isn't right or but i've learned i've also not won really the older i got to stay in a relationship because i was afraid to be alone or you know afraid to go back on the dating scene but like some of the stuff, like my very first boyfriend was verbally abused mm-hmm. and none of that crap would ever be allowed today. With me. Yeah. Once you do, I was once. young and dumb. <laughs> yeah. But I was young and dumb and dumb and naive. And he was my first boyfriend and the guy I lost my virginity to. So I was just like in la la land. But like now there is no way a guy, if he was verbally abusive to me once would ever have the opportunity to be verbally mm-hmm. to me again because that would be over yeah no absolutely so that's why i think it's really important to date multiple people you know i think i mean 
I know people meet in high school and they're high school sweethearts and stuff. I don't want to think, I don't want to say that I think it's wrong, but I think it's healthy to date multiple people because who I would date when I was in high school or when I was 21 or 31 is not who I would date. Oh yeah. God. (laughs) Yeah. So I think you do learn a lot and I am glad that, you know, I didn't marry the guy I dated when I was 21 or like I said, I don't miss any of them. I look back and I'm like, wow, there was some health unhealthy aspects of them all. Yeah. And I think, too, that if there's like. I don't know the thing, the way that I think about, you know, long term stuff is. You kind of find somebody that you vibe with that, you know, you argue well with. Um, I don't you know, I think that fighting isn't good, but arguing is normal. No, it is. And I mean, I remember, I, oh, my God, the guy I dated before I left was he was like, my ex-wife and I never disagreed or fought. I'm like, well, you're divorced. <laughs> so how good was that? You know what I mean? Like, that's the great thing about Pete, my boyfriend now is we've had, you know, plenty of awkward and uncomfortable situations about us, our relationship, his kids. And we've never I've, you know, in the past, if you have an uncomfortable or awkward situation with, say, one of my ex-boyfriends, they would yell, they would like get mad mm-hmm. at me, they'd walk out of the room. That doesn't happen yeah. to him and I, yep. which is nice, finally. But I'm not allowing it to happen, too. Like I told him, I said, that's not going to exist in this relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. The minute you raise so. your voice, like... You know. Yeah, and he knows, and there's been times, you know, we raise our voice. We're both for he's New York, I'm Boston. We're both very expressive and loud and you know, brutally honest, but we said we wanted to be brutally mm-hmm. honest. And sometimes it is hurtful or very frustrating. I mean, he gets his temper is a little bit quicker than mine, and I've worked a lot on mine, knowing when to like kind of just shut myself down, like lower my agitation level. Cause I know what I get like when I'm mad, <laughs> you know, it's, it can be very frustrating and touchy and uncomfortable and hard relationships are work. Yeah, they really are. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think that dating is work too. They're just, they're mm-hmm. working such different ways. Dating is, can be a full-time job. Like, emailing people, responding to people, meeting people in person, especially if you're like out there doing the numbers game Mm -hmm. and you're trying to meet a bunch of people because you can't find what you're looking for. So you just keep trying. Like I remember on one podcast, this girl said, what's the biggest thing you hate about online dating? And I said, getting ready to go on the date. Oh my gosh. Because you never know if it's, it feels to me like an audition. Like I was just telling somebody what the audition process in theater is like. You get dressed up you take public transportation for like an hour and a half the audition is literally two minutes and it's all that effort yeah (laughs) all like for men don't have to do anything but it's like oh the hair the makeup oh and then you get there and you're like this sucks i can't believe i did all this for this i want to go home and like um you know that some women like love to get ready for dates. I'm so low maintenance. I'm like, oh my God, I hate it. Like, and I used to have a first date uniform. I call it like a uniform, like the same shirt and pants I would wear for my first. Oh, that's a great idea. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great idea. Like if you are treating it, you know, like a job and you're just going out like a few times a week, 
Yeah. Right. Which I guess isn't the best way to think about it as a job, but it is. It's like a job. It's like going to a job you're not excited about. It's emotionally taxing. And then, you know. Oh, my God. What about, I guess, um, do you have any experiences slash, you know, wisdom for like this idea that people date, they find somebody who seems really promising and then for whatever reason, it just doesn't work or, you know, it starts really hot and then, you know, it cools down. Like what, what is it about that? Why does it happen? Like what are your thoughts? Like they get ghosted or they never hear from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it happens all the time, all the time. So that means the person on, so the person who wanted to, to continue, the person who didn't, is either lying, they're not self-aware, they got like, they really like this person. They're like, oh, wow, too fast. I still have shit in my life I need to take care of. Or they're not ready for a relationship. And, you know, it's happened to me many times. I've had phenomenal first date, second date, third date with a couple guys. And then they'll say like the sweetest things. And all of a sudden, I never hear from them again or they cancel plans. And it's just, it's this, it's very common. And so then me, you know, me, I, I, I'm just like, you're an asshole. I'll text them and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Good. You know, what is wrong with you? Grow the hell up. But it happens all the time, all the time. And I belong to a bunch of singles Facebook pages because I do singles events. So, you know, I'd post my events on there when I was doing book research and people say that all the time. Why was I talking to this guy or this woman? We had a great date or our conversation's been great. And then I hear nothing. But one piece of advice I can give is do not converse with somebody for too long before you meet. Because Mm, you could have these wonderful conversations, build up expectations, and then you meet in person. And it's not what you would hope for. I've had phenomenal conversations with men. And then when we meet in person, it was horrible. Yeah. Or you like think you really, really, really like this guy and then you build up all this hope and then you meet and it might go great. And then he ghosts you or she ghosts you. And then think about all the time you wasted. Right. Right. Meet quickly. Meet, you know, don't, if they don't want to meet you, then that's a red. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I guess how, I think it's great that you, you know, if somebody does that to you, you're able to be like, fuck you. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, get your shit together and you're able to call them out. (laughs) But I know, like, you know, people when I was in my 20s and um, I guess even to some extent in my 30s so far, like. We have a tendency to blame ourselves and think what's wrong with us. Oh, hell yeah. It's a self-esteem. It kills your self-esteem. So what do you do to combat that? I just, you told me you talk about like Mm -hmm, mm self-love. Really. And it's hard. Like, it's really hard because, you know, you get judged very quickly, especially on internet dating, because especially on the ones where you swipe right or left and you don't even read the profile. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like just people are literally judging you on your physical appearance. And I mean, I get it. Men are more visual, but I mean, so are women, you know, women have a type or I don't really even specifically have a type, but um, 
internet dating is very, I would say, shallow in the beginning because people are literally judging you on your page. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people don't even read the profile. And another thing I can say, and I this isn't great, but I used to, when I first started internet dating, I would really read the profile, really see if I liked what they said, right? And then I would write this long email showing that I did read the profile and get no response. Ugh. So after a while, I created a generic, hi, how are you? I saw your profile. You sound great. And copy and paste. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I mean, the guy that I'm dating now, he was an anomaly. And I actually commented on a bunch of his things. And he really liked that. Mm, okay. But, you know, don't feel like you have to do this in-depth, long-ass, hi, my name is Lori, and I saw this on your profile. Oh, and I love to kayak. Oh, and I noticed you said this and this. I wouldn't take the time. That sounds horrible. But if they're interested, they're going to respond to you after a short paragraph. That's true. Yeah, that's very Not, true. You know, don't take all your time. And another thing that's really hard about internet dating is a lot of profiles that are there aren't even active. Ah, Like if they're not even active, like I know, like being on Plenty of Fish or Match, I never deleted my profile. So it's still on there. Interesting. Okay. So if you're, you know, emailing people and I mean, I have heard, I do not know if it's true that these sites leave up profiles of people who are very attractive and use them for advertising or use them on, you know, the sites to get people interested and, um, and they're not even active. So you could like email 20 people and you get response from one. And I'm not saying this is the only reason, but it could be that 15% of the profiles aren't even active. Oh, wow. So I, I think, you know, I can't say that's true 100%, but I definitely have heard that. Um, and a lot of them are fake. One in 10 profiles are fake. So you don't even know there's catfishing. There's people asking for money. Those are all like the red flag things that you have to go with your gut. Yeah, no, I think that's a great tip as well. Like just being able to, for me, it's being able to pinpoint, is this anxiety or is this my gut? <laughs> it, it is hard because dating can cause a lot of anxiety and, you know, self-doubt. That's the thing about dating is it can affect you emotionally, physically, and mentally and really do a job on your self-esteem. It really can't. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the relationship coaches, oh, just be positive and put in the universe what you're looking for. I mean, I have vision boards and stuff like that. I believe in that. But I mean, it's not all butterflies and roses like some of these people will say. Sure. No, I mean, <laughs> you can manifest you can manifest and you can be be positive, but that's not going to take away that it's like really hard. It is. That's why I said this is not a self-help yeah. book. This is an in-your-face. This is the reality of dating. Let's just put on our comfy clothes, grab an alcoholic beverage, some Ben and Jerry's, and just commiserate. Yeah. Well, do you, um, in some of the people that you've talked to for like your research or some of like the, the single groups that you, circ you circulate, you said that you do events as well. Like, what do those look mm -hmm. like? And, you know, have you had any... What are some like hopeful stories, you know, that you could share? Well, I started, I mean, singles events are just the general singles events, I think, are so lame. Now, I've done seven minute dating, eight minute dating, three minute dating. I mean, they're horrible. You're forced to sit across from somebody who 
obviously it's initially based off of attraction. And if you have three minutes, it's the stupid lame. What do you do for a living? Where are you from? Like, how do you even get to know somebody based off? Of yeah. That? Or, oh, let's meet at a bar. And being, first of all, being a single person and going to a single event alone takes a lot of gut. Yeah. So it takes a lot of gut. So I'm like, we need to mix this up. We need to do something different. So I created an interactive singles mingle um, where you all come. One comes, you know, I'm always the host where I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? You know, my name's Lori, introduce each other. And what I would do was I would break the people down into groups. So like the first way I would break them down is to base it off what state they were from. And then they would have to go into group one, group two, group three, and they would stand in a circle. And one at a time, like the first question was very basic. I'm like, all right, one at a time, go around, say your name, where you're from, what brought you to Florida, bam. Then I would force them to move again. And they would, I would make them go in groups based off of the month they were. Mm, okay. And then the next question would be, it wouldn't be lame questions like what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? It would be like, what's on your bucket list that you haven't um, completed? And then another, then I'd move them around again based off of the age range. And then the next question would be, say, the one word, give one word that represents how you're feeling right now this evening and explain why. Like some people would put confused, some people would put anxious, some people would be, you know, excited. And I'd be like, okay, well, why are you excited or why are you confused? And it was just a cool way for people to open up. And I mean, I met some cool guys that I initially, when I was doing this and I was running it, so I really wasn't participating, but talking to some guy who I was like, oh my God, he's so cool. And initially, first of all, I would never think he's attractive because I wasn't. But then all of a sudden I was attracted to him. Right. I'm like, wow, he's an author. He's done this. He's done that. And it was just cool to like actually learn about people, but be forced to do it. Somebody kind of taking charge and helping people feel comfortable. And I also started a dating relationship and sex trivia, the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh, nice. And it's for anyone. It's for couples. I've done it a ton of times. It's rated R. It's hysterical. It's interactive. It's on whiteboards and dry erase boards and no cell phones allowed because everyone's on their damn cell phone. <laughs> Very true. And they've been fun. And I, you know, had to stop doing them due to COVID and I'm doing them again. And I did one last week and there was like over 50 people at the trivia. That's so cool. And it's hysterical and inappropriate and just something so different. I mean, trivia is so boring. Sports, history, current events. Let's talk about sex. Let's be inappropriate. Yeah. And people love it. And I remember doing it a couple times in a row at a restaurant I worked at. And every time they're like, the next time you do it, could it be more raunchy? I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God, I'm already talking about penises and vaginas and semen and anal sex. Like, what else, what else do you, you want, want me to talk yeah. about? <laughs> and they loved it. They just I, we had repeat customers. And so I'm starting to do it again here in southwest Florida. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love doing it. Plus, you and I went to school for theater so I'm a ham bone I love being the MC. yeah yeah exactly no I can totally yeah. I can totally see why that would be a great fit and I think too like it brings up a good point that you know dating can feel monotonous I think that the questions I mean that's what you do for the events is you ask interesting questions questions that you know yeah. people wouldn't think to ask right away I know that right. you know um right 
I cite the 36 questions that lead to love a lot of the time, which have these different, um, it's been like the New York Times thing that have these different levels of, you know, depending on how long you've been seeing somebody and just asking. Oh, I have to look yeah, into that. Yeah, the 36 questions that lead to love. It's just, you can Google that and then New York Times and it will come up. But um, oh, it's really, really cool nice. stuff based on a really cool study. Um, but I mean, half the time, it's just like dating can be boring because you're asking the boring questions. Like, yeah, I think maybe start coming up with more interesting questions to ask somebody. You know, I I think that's why my current partner stood out to me and why um, he stood out and then vice versa. I stood out to him because, um, you know, we were talking about like the intense stuff right away. We jumped into religion about 10 minutes in. <laughs> so Right. And you're supposedly not supposed to talk about right. politics or religion, but why not? Right. Because if you're not, I'm not religious and I'm not, I don't really care about politics, but if somebody cares about that a lot and they want somebody in the right mindset, you might as well talk about it at the beginning. Yep. Absolutely. So I don't know. I think that's like a fun little thing too, to, that's when I was online dating, that was like the thing that I, you know, learned was I was like, oh, like interesting questions. People, people like interesting conversation. You don't need to be boring. Right. I think people feel like they need to ask the questions about siblings and yeah, colors and what you and do the, and where you're the, from. Like yeah. that that can come up more organically through more interesting conversation. Right. So and even like if you meet, like I'm thinking about, you know, my ex. And if you do meet somebody who's divorced, ask them about their divorce. If they don't want to talk about it, that's a red flag. Yep, like, totally. wh- why? What went wrong? You know, did they cheat? You shouldn't say that. But like, get the four one one. What's the relationship like now? Are you having? You know, well, they could be like, well, my relationship with my ex sucks, and we have the kids, and it's hard. Well, that guy's not ready for it, right? Right? Because you are going to get thrown into that, and it sucks. Absolutely. Well, you kind of mentioned red flags like a little bit through our conversation. Do you want to give me mm-hmm. like, I assume you kind of cover it in the book too, but do you want to give me a little bit of a list in addition to the ones we've already talked about? Yeah. So I can tell you, which is kind of depressing as well, that I can't remember exactly where I got it from, but I did quote all my sources in the book that when it comes to online dating, they say there's 15 red flags. Okay. When it comes to your first date, there's 30. Oh boy. Okay. So, I mean, how much more depressing can you get? And I actually commented them on and some of them I absolutely disagree with because it's your first date for God's sake. Uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. don't throw them to the wolves or her to the wolves. I mean, some of them, yes. Like some of the in, some of the red flags for Internet dating was like they have a lot of pictures, but they don't have any information about themselves, obviously. Yep. Or they have minimal pictures of themselves or a lot of pictures of them in a group. So you can't pick out who's mm, who. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to meet. Like if you're internet dating and you say you want to meet somewhere and they don't want to meet, that's a red flag. Yeah. There's an entire franchise um, called Catfish for a reason. <laughs> yeah. They need to meet. Or, you know, also a red flag is if you want to meet somewhere public, don't ever go to somebody's house mm-hmm. right away. And I don't care. I, I'm 49 years old. When I was dating, my mom knew the first name, last name, and phone number of every guy I met and where we were meeting. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. And even for men, maybe you should let your buddies know. I mean, weird shit happens. It's not just stuff that happens to women. Totally. It's stuff that happens to men, too. Um, you know, so that was that. And then on the first date, 
you know, there was a bunch of red flags too. like if somebody talks about their ex too much. Now, for me, I'm a little on the fence about that. Obviously, if that's the only thing they talk about. Right. But I have no problem saying to a guy, you know, if he said, well, you know, I broke up with a girl two years ago, we were dating five years. I have no problem saying to him, well, what happened? Yep. Because that's how you yep. learn about somebody. Absolutely. Like, so I think some of these red flags are bullshit. Now, if that's the only thing they're talking about and they're obsessed with their ex and they're still talking about that's a red flag. But that's how you learn about somebody. Like if he was like, well, we broke up because, you know, I couldn't be committed or I cheated or, you know, I don't know. There could be a bunch yeah. of things. It will give you insight into those people. And I think, too, or, like the way know, that I look at the the ex thing, talking about exes, like you said, if it's all the time, like red, red flag. But for me, it's about how they talk about the ex. So yeah. like if a guy talks, yeah. if I'm out with somebody and he's talking and this goes the other way, too, obviously, any type of relationship, whether it be, um, you know, heterosexual or homosexual relationship, uh, you know, there is anybody talking massive shit about a past partner. Like when you first meet them, it's not a good look. It's just not a good look at all. Right. 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 So that's how I would no, look at that. I agree. I mean, in some of them, like I'm looking at the book now, like if you meet someone on a first date and they criticize anyone or everyone, um, obviously that another thing that I do hate, which is in this book, like they overdo overdoes like the romantic part, like they're ridiculously romantic or hey baby or heck sexy. Yeah. (laughs) I hate that. Like when guys were emailing me, for the first time, they're like, hey, sexy, Suck hey, babe. I'm like, delete, yeah. delete, delete. I don't fucking know you. Yeah. Like, you know, some other, <laughs> you know, complains all the time. They're late without letting. That's another thing. People need to be respectful of each other's time. Don't cancel at the last minute. Oh, gosh, yeah. Don't be late. Be respectful of each other. Um, checks their phone. Oh, my God. I cannot stand phones should not be allowed at the table or wherever yeah, you leave are it in your pocket, leave it in your purse, keep it on yeah. silent, Vibrate, put it off. Keep yeah. It on. yeah, it's rude as all hell. Now, I understand, you know, if you have kids and stuff like that and they're home alone or there's a babysitter. But seriously, there people are so I, so addicted to their phones. It's I was sitting at a restaurant with my boyfriend and there was a couple there with their young kid, like a baby, like. And they're both sitting there in the restaurant on their cell phones and their kid is screaming. Oh, boy. I'm like, oh, that's great. Why don't you put your damn cell phones down? And that's just people in general. They're always on their damn cell phones. It's like we have no social skills today. People are just. But that's another whole topic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, dating. A lot of people are dating from their phones these days, too. So, yeah. Or just couples. Or I used to be a server. I would go to the table and the entire family's on their damn phone. Yeah. Isn't this a family dinner? Yeah. I mean, hello, whatever. That's another whole topic though. Rachel, <laughs> that we talk about. People's lack of like respect, just dating. I think dating is very disrespectful. It's way too casual. It's not like it used to be. There's a lot of respect missing. It's not casual. You're playing with people's hearts and time. Yeah. And, you know, I think people forget that and, that's why I said I should have been born back in the 50s. So I could have been courted and picked up and gone to a roller, 
roll when they come out on the roller skates and bring us our trays. Yeah, and share milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's. I was born in the wrong era. I totally, Ugh. totally am. But um, I don't know. There's. I feel bad. Like if people are listening to this, they're like, "Well, this sucks. Dating sucks. She's giving me no hope." But hopefully, you know, some of the things I have said and just maybe more red flags or being more, you know, about self self-awareness because if you don't know what you know you want or you don't respect yourself enough like that's one of the things I used to say to a lot of girlfriends who I used to talk to about guys they were dating and the bullshit they would pull on these you know the bullshit the guys would pull I'm like why don't you respect yourself enough to know you should be treated yeah and that's even for a guy too if a girl's treating you like shit you got to look inside yourself and be like do I not like myself? Do I not feel I should be respected enough or not treated? Well, if that's the case, then why? What is it about you that you don't feel confident enough in yourself that you should be treated respectfully, even if it's by a friend or a colleague or a boss or, you know, don't allow people to disrespect you no matter what part of your life it is. And if you constantly do, then that's something you need to look inside yourself. And I go to a life coach. I love life. My boyfriend and I go to one together. I have two phenomenal life coaches and they both tell it like it is, especially the man that my boyfriend and I go to. He's not like the typical therapist. Like, well, what do you Mm -hmm, think? mm -hmm. And I think you should, or I recommend he's like, this is what you need to do because you're not doing a good job. (laughs) And I'm like, I love him. Like, I love you. And that's why I want to start doing like call in shows called like Lori's Love Lessons. I'll bitch, I'll bitch slap the truth into yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally into that. So I would love to do that. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do that if it's on like a call in radio show or some podcast, maybe that we're going to do call ins. I'm actually doing one on a Saturday night, like a call in sex trivia. Oh, neat. Okay dating dating forum because that's what i would love to do is have people call in and that's what i'm doing on um friday night my boyfriend and i are doing this singles mingle but we're also doing like a dating round table question and answer session that's so fun um yeah just people want insight they just want help let's just talk about it i've done dating round tables before and it was phenomenal of course you always have more women than men that go but um Men need just as much help as women need. That's true. So absolutely. And it was nice. People were just, you know, sometimes it is nice to get opinions from the opposite gender. And I have done Zoom meetings like what do men want? What do women want? Yeah. Because the opposite gender, we don't know. And half the time, people don't even know what they want. So how can we expect (laughs) them to tell us what they want when they don't even know what they want? Absolutely. No, that's so true. Well, Lori, where can people find you? You know, if they want to sign up for one of these events, um, you know, if they want to get the book, where where can they find you on the internet? So the book is on datingwhatthefuck.com. And unlike the title of the book that has the asterisks and the word fuck, you actually have to spell out the whole word fuck nice. on datingwhatthefuck.com. That has my book and I have a cool line of singles t-shirts on there. And you can get the book like on Amazon as an ebook or print. And it's also on a lot of other platforms like Smashwords or Kobu, but Amazon's pretty much the most popular one. Uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com backslash dating is horrible because you cannot swear on <laughs> Facebook. 
my boyfriend and I started a funny, very sarcastic greeting card line. Like one for one example, one says, babe, you say I never listen to you. And on the inside, it says, so why don't you just shut the fuck up? So we have some very <laughs> funny cards and that's called for Pete's sake cards.com. But the book, the T-shirts, the cards are all on a website called constant dash chaos. That's constant dash chaos.com. And right now, all my events are in Southwest Florida. So on the West Coast of Florida, but eventually I'm going to start doing them like the dating roundtable via Zoom. Yeah, nice. So people from all different parts of the U.S. could participate. Um, so that's me. Amazing. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your stories and just uh, in general, being a place for people to, yeah, be allowed to get angry, be allowed to be sad and annoyed and, um, you know, maybe have some humor in there too. So uh, I know a lot of people out there definitely appreciate that. Well, I have to say, Rachel, this was like by far one of my favorite podcasts and I've done a ton. So you asked phenomenal questions. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just kind of like a conversation between two people. And a lot of people tell me that's what reading my book is like, just like a conversation. Yeah. That's the best way. That's the best way for a book to read. So I'm looking forward to reading it for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate your time. This has been really, really great. And, you know, I appreciate you letting me be a guest on your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, This is Rachel Dalton, host of Wine, Dine, and 69. And check out Lori's book, Dating What the Fuck. And uh, everyone, let's keep talking.